Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. When the, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison, and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Verses 31 through 46, 46 Matthew chapter 25. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. Thank you, Father, for being our great Heavenly Father, our King of kings and Lord of lords, thank you for being El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Father, we thank you for how that you so tremendously blessed the share and thank you for every person that prayed, those that gave financially, and those that participated in any way. Thank you, Father, for how that you did and continue to run our cups over in so many ways. And Lord, thank you for the privilege of being able to come to you in prayer every single day, and thank you for the privilege of being able to open up your word and spend time with you one-on-one every single day. Father, with every past day, empower us to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word. Help us to know, Lord, that every day is a critically important day for us to live a life full of ministry, a life where we're listening to the Holy Spirit, where we're vessels in the hands of the Holy Spirit to reach out to a hurting world, to share the gospel, and to love a world and to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this wonderful work every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 
Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, um, I ask that you'd move in these moments, that you'd speak through Pastor Joseph, that you'd speak through our guests coming in in a minute. Um, Father, thank you so much for Sherathon and how that went. Thank you so much for the partnership of believers as we unite in a common purpose of ministry. Thank you for placing us in this role and placing other believers where they are. We all have a role in the body, and it, all of our roles, like some roles looked similar, others look different. Um we all have our roles, and Father, I pray that we would do our role as well as we can here, and that we could continue to encourage the rest of the body to do as well as they can wherever they are, and that we could also work in ministry for calling more people to Christ uh, so that we can see them in eternity forever. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. In just a few moments, excuse me, few moments, I'm going to introduce our phone guest today, uh, a gentleman that's been serving the Lord for a long, long, long time. But before we introduce our guest, I want to remind you that remember, as believers, we as the church, the foundation of everything we say and do should be the Word of God. It should be based on the Word of God, the counsel and the wisdom and the grace that flows from His Word. And so today we'll be uh, talking in part about the life issue and the need for the church to boldly be involved with standing for life and helping to do our part to help end the tragedy of legalized abortion in our world. Well, I want to start by asking this very important question. What exactly does the Word of God have to say about life, standing for life, and the abortion issue? Does it say anything about these matters or issues? Or is God's Word silent? Does this does it tell us anything about God's perspective and his thinking about life and the taking of innocent life? Well, actually, the Word of God has a lot to say about these issues, and it's important that we as God's people are familiar with and know what God's Word and his counsel has to say. I want to share a few passages that help us get a foundation of understanding of some of the truths and insights God has to say about the life issue and the importance of standing for life. To begin with, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20 tell us, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob to give them. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 tells us, you shall not murder. Then Proverbs chapter 24 tells us these words. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 11 and 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Again, from Proverbs chapter 24. Then Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9. Then in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 12, verse 31, it tells us, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable, abominable thing 
that the Lord hates they have done for their gods. They even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. Then Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? Again, Ezekiel 16, verses 20 and 21. Then Psalm 106, verses 37 through 38. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Psalm 106, verses 37 through 38. And then Jeremiah, chapter 32, verse 35. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Again, Jeremiah 32, verse 35. Then the final scripture I want to share reminds us of the fact that we serve a merciful, loving, and forgiving Heavenly Father. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me read that final verse at this point one more time. Again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Fathers, we look at the topic, this topic today. Lord, minister to our minds and hearts according to your perfect will. And Lord, in a special way, we pray for persons who've already in it, at some point or another gone down the road of abortion in their lives. Lord, open their eyes and their hearts to see that you are a God of forgiveness, a God of mercy, that if that you said, as the scripture we just read, if we confess our sins, he is is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us all to be mindful, Lord, that you're a heavenly Father, that if we just confess our sins and repent of them, that you will forgive and heal and cleanse us afresh. Thank you for that blessing. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We're honored to have as our phone guest today, Mr. Charlie Wysong. He's a kingdom and pro-life warrior, amongst other things. He actually wears lots of hats, but we're grateful to have him. Uh, Brother Charlie, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Brother Joseph. I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. Great to have you on with us today. And uh, I want to ask if you'll take a few moments to, you know, there's there's quite a bit I could say, but I want to invite you to, Further introduce yourself so our listeners will better know who you are. You've been doing great kingdom work in so many different areas for a long time. But take a few moments to help our listeners know a little bit more about who Charlie Wysong is. All right. Uh, If I could, uh, you said talking about scriptures that talked about abortion. Right. If I could interject this into uh, before I say anything about myself. Okay. I was at... uh, a a group of pro-lifers invited me to come down to Atlanta. I live in Chattanooga. uh, And they invited me to come down to Atlanta and speak at a rally outside of the Atlanta Surgery Center, which is an abortion clinic in Atlanta. 
And uh, when I got there, uh, it was a large crowd, and uh, w- one of the people that was there for the other side was Margie Pitt Haynes. Margie Pitt Haynes was the lawyer in Atlanta that helped get uh, Doe versus Bolton. So you had Roe versus Wade was reported out in the morning of, of uh, January the 22nd, 1973, and then Doe versus Bolton was reported out on that afternoon. And so Roe versus Wade legalized abortion up to three months, 12 weeks. Then Doe versus Bolton actually legalized abortion up to birth. Mm-hmm. And so this is the woman that got this uh, case before the Supreme Court and won the case. Mm-hmm. And so Margie Pitt Haynes is standing there. There's a little 11-year-old girl standing there uh, on our side, and Margie Pitt Haynes starts bullying her. And she said, I've gone to Sunday school, and I've gone to church, uh, and said, there's nothing in the Bible that says uh, that abortion is wrong. And and Brother Joseph, this little girl was 11 years old, and without a moment hesitation, she said, oh, yes, there is. It says we're not to shed innocent blood. Mm, wow. God. I mean, Margie Pitt Ames didn't know what to say. She, there was not much and, she could say. <laughs> right. There's nothing much. But a few years later, Margie Pitt Hames was driving down the streets of Atlanta and uh, had a heart attack, and her car crashed into the parked cars there on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how would you like to go out into eternity knowing that you had rebelled against God in such a way as to slaughter well, he says it's an abomination, doesn't he? That's right. That, that's uh, right. Killing babies. We're Shedding up, innocent blood is an abomination to him. Right. We're coming up on a break, and we'll pick up on the other side. Our phone guest today is Charlie Wysong. He's a kingdom and pro-life warrior. We'll be right back.
starts to vanish Every hopeless situation ceases to exist And when you walk into the room The dead begin to rise Cause there's resurrection life And all you do music of Brian and Katie Torwalt with When You Walk Into the Room. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Charlie Wysong. He's a kingdom pro-life warrior uh, over a period of many decades serving the Lord faithfully from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Brother Charlie, if you'll pick up right where you left off, please. All right. Well, I, I was raised in Atlanta. My father taught at Georgia Tech and had a manufacturing business and uh, out in the manufacturing business out in Marietta, and there was a good soul-winning church out there that came. Uh, I'd already gotten, I'd already been saved, but they came by and challenged me to get baptized. And so uh, I, 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 I realized they were right. I went to church that Sunday and was baptized, and I'm glad I did. I found my wife in that church, or actually, God gave me my wife in that church. Mm-hmm. But uh, my wife and I have 15 children, uh, 11 boys and four girls, no adoptions and no twins. And uh, I spoke for Charles Stanley in Atlanta at uh, Once Upon a Time, actually several times. But the first time, this the man that introduced me was an attorney I was working with. And he said, this man's not only pro-life, he's prolific. And so that indeed <laughs> is true. Mm. So we just had, indeed, we just had our 50th grandchild about three weeks ago. Well, praise God. Praise God. Expecting Charlie, 51, 52, and 53. Amen. <laughs> I want to ask, would you take a moment now specifically to pray for listeners to have ears to hear whatever the Lord wants to say to them? Because amongst other things, on an ongoing basis, there is a need for believers to be listening to the Spirit of God about what God would have each of us to do to help stand boldly for life. Yes, thank God that Roe v. Wade was overturned, but the reality is we live in a nation where still it's legal to murder babies. So would you pray for listeners to have ears to hear whatever the Lord wants to say to them through the broadcast today? Amen. Well, Father, all of us need to have ears to hear uh, what you say to us. And Father, I pray the listeners that are on the radio today, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, give them ears to hear. May the Spirit of God uh, declare uh, amen to the words that we speak, and may we speak the truth. And Father, I just ask you to stir our hearts up in this country to oppose, to do something to stop this Holocaust that's in our midst. And uh, we would we we pray, Father, for Ohio today as they start voting uh, about the abortion issue. Uh, on the amendments, and I pray anyone that's in Ohio would go and vote and get get this uh, vote against the, these um, amendments that are out there. And uh, Father, we just ask you to to bless uh, this program with your anointing, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Brother Charlie. Um, you know, uh, I appreciate the fact that you mentioned that. Of course, it's important for us that even though many of our listeners might be in states where, by the grace of God, basically abortion has been outlawed, it's important to understand that 
what one state does affects all the rest of them. And it is important that people understand that amendment in Ohio is something believers should vote vote no on, vote against, because it would actually legalize abortion right up until the, the moment of birth in the state of Ohio. Right. It would enshrine it in their constitution. So thank you for mentioning that. Yes. Well, uh, you know, it, it's become a 50-state battle now. Mm-hmm. And in some ways that's good, some ways it's not. But I tell you this. Whatever it is, God knows about it, and God says, and we know that all things work together for them to <laughs> all the, them to know God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So God is moving forward, and I tell you this, this thing is going to, uh, our world is going to climax in great glory to God and his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, so, anyway, I think we need to fight these battles, and I'm glad that some states have declared no abortions. I think in Texas this year, only 17 abortion cl- uh, 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 abortions have taken place. Mm. Praise God. God is good. God is good. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, and, you know, one of the verses that stirred me up as a Christian, mm-hmm. uh, I, now, I, now we live in Chattanooga, Tennessee now. And uh, I was in a, a real good church here, and, uh, and and a good soul-winning church. And the verse that God brought to my mind was Jeremiah 2.34, where he says, Also in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. And I thought if there was ever a description of abortion, that would be it. Mm. That the poor innocent babies dying. And so... That that stirred me up, and then the verse, the, the verses you read in Proverbs twenty four, uh, you read verse eleven and twelve. But the verse it starts off ten. He says, "If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small." Mm. And and really, we've got it. We've got to get some people who have strong convictions about right and wrong, good and evil, about the will of God, and and go out and and do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when I started out here in Chattanooga, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do, but I went out there and I got, I was embarrassed and I was embarrassed again and embarrassed again. Finally, mm-hmm. I started catching on to how it went and, mm-hmm. uh, God started moving in my heart and showing me how to fight this battle. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as a practical nature, I will say this. So I would turn the corner. This is on Saturday. I would turn the corner to come onto the road where the abortion clinic was, and I'd see all the cars already lined up in front of the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And it just made my heart sink when that happened. Oh, they've mm-hmm. already gone in. Nobody said a word to any of them to make an appeal. And I thought, that's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So I started coming out to the abortion mm-hmm. clinic and, and others, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started coming out an hour before they started doing abortions. Mm-hmm. And so we spent that time, uh, wasn't idle time. We spent that time, as you might imagine, in prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we, when the cars started coming, we made the appeals to the girls that we would help them, that what they were doing was wrong. Uh, there were consequences uh, that they would have physical emo- and emotional problems. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, anyway, we saw our last abortion clinic, Brother 
Joseph, we saw our last abortion clinic closed in 1993, so 30 mm. years ago. Mm. And uh, it, it was it was marvelous. It was the community rising up to get rid of the abortion clinic. So the church community in Chattanooga came together to help bring that about a long before Roe v. Wade was overturned last year then. Right. And, and let me say, it was, it was really miraculous. I mean, it was miraculous because the man who owned the building was in bankruptcy, mm-hmm. and the court ordered him to sell his house and his clinic building to pay his creditors. And uh, we, went into, <clears throat> we went into court, and we outbid the abortionists for the building, mm-hmm. and, we, uh, and we kicked the abortion clinic out. <laughs> and legally, mm-hmm. if, if the lease was still in, in force, <clears throat> we couldn't have kicked them out. Mm-hmm. But it just so happened that the lease was up at the time of the sale of the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Now only God could do that. Praise God. And, yes, and I tell you, everybody on the inside of the abortion fight in Chattanooga, they would say it was God that did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Brother Charlie, I want to ask if you'll pray for the church today. You know, there, there's there so much has changed on the battlefield, the landscape of the battlefield of life for life and against abortion. And now, uh, tragically, in all fifty states, women still through chemical abortions are able to obtain abortions and. The fact is there are many believers who really need to educate themselves about the whole reality of what abortion, uh, chemical abortion is. They need to learn about yes. the wonderful procedure called abortion pill reversal where babies can still be saved even after a woman takes the first pill. But one of the needs is for believers to decide, I'm going to educate myself to learn more about what I can do to help with this cause. Would you pray for believers to be motivated to decide that they're going to learn and find out what they can do to help with this cause? Yes. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you and where uh, talks about inventions of evil in the scriptures. And Father, we, we know that men's hearts are given over to rebellion against you and your laws. And we would ask you that we would become educated about the matters of life, about the matters in our world. And we would begin to <clears throat> put forth efforts to see that these matters are, are brought to an end. You couldn't mail pills to someone and that enable them to kill their baby. And we, we ask you that you would do these things in Jesus' name. And Father, too, thank you for the church. Thank you for every pastor that may be listening, and thank you for leaders in the church, Lord. Father, more and more move upon pastors and other leaders in the church to recognize that you call us to, in love, boldly proclaim the message of life. Help us to recognize, Lord, that every congregation has tragically been touched by the tragedy of abortion and help us to never make the big mistake of thinking, well, that's somebody else's issue or we don't have that concern here. Help us to know that this is the responsibility of every congregation and every believer to do their part to help stand clearly and boldly for life and help stand against the tragedy of abortion. Help us, Lord, to be motivated. And Lord, help us to do things like 
Find out where our local pregnancy clinic is and to pray for them. Find out other great ministries that are on the front lines helping to address this issue. Help us to not be complacent. Help us to know, Lord, that there's so much work yet to be done, and there's something for all of us to do. We thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Brother Joseph, a number of years ago, I wrote an article for a magazine called Biblical Worldview, Mm -hmm. and it's been reprinted a number of times. Mm -hmm. But the the name of the article was, Why We've Yet to End Abortion. And I had only three points. Number one, there is little prayer, public or private, for the end of abortion. And uh, you have not because you ask not. And then my second point was this. There is little knowledge of God's law. He says, they that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. I said, we're in no condition to contend with the Goliath of abortion when not even 1% of Christian parents who regularly attend church can name all 10 of the commandments. Mm. And uh, my third point was that Christians need to remove the beam from their own eye, and we need to stop the abortions that are going on in the church. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm talking about deacons taking their daughters to abortion clinics, and I know it happens mm-hmm. because uh, I, I get the calls of these girls being injured and all. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> but uh, I, I said, but I'm also talking about the widespread use of IUDs and birth control pills by Christian married couples, and both of them cause abortions at a week to two weeks after conception. And the IUD, that's the only way it works. The birth control pill has three ways to work. One, it stops ovulation. Another does this and does that. But one of the ways it works is it thins the lining of the uterus so that the little baby that's been conceived cannot implant in the womb. And we've got parents and we've got pastors and all who know this and are not saying anything in their congregation. Mm-hmm. And that is that is horrible. And so he says, are you talking about the morning after pill? No, I'm not. I'm talking about ordinary birth control pills that, that are dispensed uh, to the tune of 13 million women a year in the U.S. Uh, taking them. Mm. You know, that your point is a very important point that Believers need to become very much educated about the way these different items, these these pills work, because, again, too many of them are exactly, as you said, they're abortifacients. Yet many people, because of ignorance, they don't realize that they're taking a pill that's not just uh, it's not just simply preventing. Many of them are actually causing abortion, so it's important to know. Uh, we'll pick up there on the other side. Our studio, our right. phone guest today is Charlie Wysong. We'll be right back.
Music of Mercy Me with Here With Me. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is uh, Brother Charlie Wysong. He's a kingdom warrior and pro-life warrior for over a period of many, many years. Uh, Charlie, if you'll pick up where you left off, please. Uh, well, I, Brother Joe, let me say this. Okay. One of the greatest victories uh, th- that I've seen in my life was... One day I was praying, and I said, oh, God, how do you end abortion in America? And I think that is one of the things we need to be doing before God, asking God how you do this, asking God how you do that. Uh, I know I've got a problem right now, and and, uh, I'm admonishing myself to go before God and ask him the question, how do I solve this problem? But, uh, But as I was kneeling there, God showed me this idea of finding the women that the abortion clinics had left in the ditch and helping those women get attorneys who would then sue the abortion clinic for malpractice. Mm. And so I started putting up billboards all over this country uh, that read problems after abortion, medical, legal, emotional help with an 800 number at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it, I began getting calls right away. I mean, the, the, the first hour that we put a billboard up, mm-hmm. I got a call. Hmm. And, uh, and, but anyway, it, others picked, others picked the idea up and broadcast it other ways. But in five years, the numbers of abortion, the number of abortion clinics, uh, in this country, there were nearly uh, 2,200 abortion clinics nationwide. Hmm. And in five years, it was 965. So a 53% decrease in five years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one day I was talking to a good friend of mine. I was doing a broadcast with him, and I said, I believe the economic—I said, I can't give you any figures, but I said, I believe the economic back of the abortion industry has been, has been broken. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the next year I found out that what I just told you, that they went from 2,200 abortion clinics down to seven, 965. Mm-hmm. And right before Roe versus Wade was reversed, it was probably around, I don't know, 450, something like that. Hmm. But praise God. You know, God uh, when David stepped out of the field with Goliath, he did not envision the fight the way everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And he understood there are there were three types of soldiers in the army, the ancient armies. There were infantrymen like Goliath. There were people in the cavalry, and then they had artillery, which was spears and 
uh, arrows and and slingers. Mm-hmm. And slingers were deadly men. They were very accurate, and they could kill at a distance. Mm-hmm. And once David stepped out on the field with Goliath, it was Goliath was never going to touch David, mm-hmm. but David was going to touch Goliath. Mm-hmm. And when I when I got into this thing of suing abortion clinics for malpractice, I read Matthew chapter seven, and I think it's verse eighteen. It says. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good bring forth good fruit. Mm-hmm. I I laughed to myself. I said, I know I'm going to be successful. I know I can find these girls. I know they're they're out there because mm-hmm. corrupt trees can't do anything but bring forth corrupt fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And and so you you saw great success, and there were others that picked up on what you uh, began to do as well, right? Uh, I missed that. What was that? There were others that began to sue abortionists along with the ones that you helped initiate as well, right? Yes. I think some of them did it better than I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but let me say this. It was a powerful strategy. Mm-hmm. It was a powerful word from God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need... Our wisdom is, is 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 greater than the world's wisdom because our wisdom comes from the scriptures, which are of God. Mm-hmm. It comes from God speaking to our hearts and guiding us. So we should be, we should not be folding ourselves back like the army of Israel, you know, was afraid of, of Goliath. Mm-hmm. And I picketed the man who, a man named Martin Haskell, who who uh, actually began the partial birth abortion. I was going to pick at his house in mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Ohio, and God woke me up with this phrase, give me a man. And mm-hmm. I got up about 5 o'clock. I, I didn't know what it was. God woke me up again at 6 o'clock. Same word, give me a man. Mm-hmm. Woke me up at 7 o'clock. And I thought, I don't know what that is, but I thought about it a while. <laughs> that was what Goliath said to David or to mm-hmm. the army of Israel. Mm-hmm. He says, give me a man we may fight together. Mm-hmm. And he'd done that morning and evening for 40 days, and this day a boy stepped out who had no shield, no sword, no spear, and he took Goliath down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And there's so many Amen. important lessons for us as believers to learn about putting our faith to work and keeping our eyes on the bigness of our God to help come against any challenge in life, wherever it may come from. So that's we, right. We, we're looking at people who have who are multi-billionaires that own pieces of the internet and this and that. We say, oh, we can never overcome them. Let me tell you something. They're fighting against the Almighty God. Mm-hmm. We're the agents of God. They're not fighting against us. They're fighting against God, and that's we need right. to appeal to God to give us wisdom to know how to fight Him. Amen. And fight them. So true. Would you take time now to pray for the church to really be listening to the Spirit of God as you alluded to, listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, for creative wisdom to know how to do Mm -hmm. battle, to to know how to do battle on this issue? Amen. Amen. Uh, Father, I I pray right now we would not be afraid. I pray that we would see ourselves not as grasshoppers, but as mighty men of God men who are associated with you, men and women who desire to have your wisdom and to have the the power of the Holy Spirit in our life that we might go forth and do your work upon this earth. 
And, Father, we want you honored and we want you glorified. We uh, we want your laws to be honored. And uh, we pray that we might be men and women of, of the book, that we might find our uh, not only our how we live from the book, but also even our strategies to overcome evil might come from your book. And we pray, Father, for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, um, Charlie, I, I think you're you're touching on something that's so foundational to our Christian life, yet so often we just have to remind each other about the fact is we serve a Heavenly Father that knows everything. He's all-knowing. And so he has wisdom and strategies that will definitely work even in the tough, toughest of circumstances. But our, our job is to, in prayer, seek God and listen to him. Listen to what he tells us to do. Listen to the directions he gives us, the insight, the strategies that he lays upon our hearts. Because, again, God's strategies genuinely do work. So that's wisdom for every single listener to, to learn from because all of us can and are supposed to live a lifestyle of prayer. And a big part of prayer is obviously yes. it's talking to God, but it's also listening to God as well. So how important that is. Yeah. Well, all of the, the, I'm going to just mention this. <clears throat> all of what happened in Chattanooga, a lot of what happened in Chattanooga, came out of a little prayer meeting that three of us started. And R.A. Torrey, who was an associate of D.L. Moody's, he had a never-fail prescription for revival. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go ahead and give it. First, let a few men get themselves thoroughly right with God. If this is not done, then the rest of what I'm to say will come to nothing. Second, let them bind themselves together in a prayer meeting and pray until God comes down. And number three, let them put themselves at the disposal of the Holy Spirit to win souls as he sees fit. And I just said, if that, who was, D.L. Moody, I mean, uh, R.A. Torrey was a good man. Mm-hmm. When he said that, I said, I'll follow him. I'll do what he says, see what happens. And out of that came all this all the things that we, we, we closed every adult bookstore in Chattanooga, 13 mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we closed all the abortion clinics in Chattanooga. Uh, we had two, one at a hospital, and then we had six hospitals that were doing abortions. They're mm-hmm. not doing abortions, and there are no abortion clinics. So praise God. Praise God. God is good. God is and, good. Brother Charlie, if someone listening but, but, would like to get in touch with you or learn more about just some of the the, the the projects you've done over the years, how can they do that? Sure. Let me, let me just give you, I, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to give my cell number. I've, I've given it out everywhere. Everybody's got it. So okay. my cell number is 423-314-0183. That's 423-314-0183. And if they wanted to email me, my email is cf, as in Charlie Frank Wysong, W-Y-S-O-N-G, at hotmail.com. All righty. All right. Well, Brother Charlie, our time is just about gone. Uh, but thank you again just for sharing. Any final word of encouragement you'd like to share with our listeners before our time runs out here? I, ju- I appreciate you having me on and speaking of this because this this is such a battle. Yeah, one of the the, the, the uh, one of the s- scriptures that would motivate me is in Proverbs twenty one and verse thirteen. He says, "He that shutteth his ears at the cry of the poor 
he also shall cry himself and shall not be heard. We have closed our ears for 50 years. Collectively, as the church, we do not have a plan to end abortion. Mm-hmm. We're out here doing all sorts of things, but there's no plan to end abortion. Why have the leaders of this country, I mean the, the spiritual leaders, why have we not said this would be a wise way? And uh, we we rarely pray. I mean, once a year on Sanctity of Life Sunday, we issue forth a, a uh, an appeal. Uh, I, I was at a, a big conference this week, and they prayed for Israel. And they said over a over a thousand people died in Israel today. I thought, good night. Twice that many died yesterday and today, and they'll do it again tomorrow in this country in abortion. Mm. Why are we not praying about abortion? That's right. Mm. So that would be my my charge. I just say. We need to we need to get ourselves stirred up for, for the Lord. And, Amen. And stop being afraid and go forth and do battle with the enemy. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Charlie, for being with us today. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you're one who has never made the eternally important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a great day, a wonderful day to make that decision and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord. If you'd like to make that decision, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, please get in touch with us. Again, that email, joseph at afr.net. Brother Charlie, thank you so much again for being with us today. Would you share one more time if someone would like to be in touch with you, how they can do that? Yes, I will. And I thank you for having me on, Brother Joseph. You're a great man. I appreciate you. Yes, uh, my number is 423 314 0183 and my email is cf as in charlie frank wysong w-y-s-o-n-g at hotmail.com thank you so much thanks for listening join us again next time for the hour of intercession the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the american family association or american family radio